What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. A long bonus episode. I promised we would have a bonus episode on Monday, recapping the tribute. And with recapping the tribute, we have not only Frank Daddy, Brandon Franklin, Mr. Edas Game Mass on the show giving us a terrific interview. To no surprise, Brandon Franklin is an awesome, awesome dude, awesome powerlifter. Really entertaining interview with him. We also have two White Lights unofficial correspondent, Matt Wallace, recapping the tribute as well. So here's what you're going to do in this episode. Split it up into two episodes because that is essentially what it is. When we're done with the interview with Brandon Franklin, I highly suggest saving the other segment, recapping the tribute with Matt Wallace for another time because it's a lot to take in. And it was two really good conversations with two really good powerlifters. So, um, yeah, a really great bonus episode for you guys. But also, before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about Rivalus. Go on Rivalus.net, get 15% off of branched amino acids, creatine, protein, pre-workout, you name it. Use promo code Angelo15, get 15% off. Also, visit Two White Lights store, get a Shit Was Light shirt, get a Two White Lights t-shirt as well. And also, like, follow, subscribe, leave a five-star review a rating on iTunes as well because we're on Spotify and iTunes now. And here is an extra episode of Two White Lights. Thursday, August 8th, as promised, we got a bonus episode of Two White Lights for you today, and with me, over the phone, world-class powerlifter, his hair doesn't move, but the toothpick does, Mr. Eat Ass, Gain Mass, there's no I in team, but Trent in strength, Frank Daddy, Brandon Franklin, how you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man, how are you? I'm good right now, you're, you're actually in the same state as me, but you're... South, 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 south for me, and I'm north in Lyle, Illinois, right now. So it's it's good to have you on, man. Absolutely, I'm uh, glad to be on. It's uh, exciting. I love doing this podcast and uh, talking a little bit of shit, having a good time. That's what it's all about. Yeah, speaking of shit talking, um, we're we're gonna get that right. I'm gonna get this right off my chest immediately. You once said, or you once claimed that you have the best hair in powerlifting. Now, when you said that, were you not aware of my existence, or were you just, like, high off of hallucinogen drugs? Both. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> well, that okay. makes sense, the first I, part. I like if, if you didn't know my existence, uh, that makes so, sense. Right. So, I feel like I've been around a lot longer, so I'm mm-hmm. like an OG with that. Okay. I think you just have to work your way up a little bit, man. So, but the, the thing is, hair is hair. work your way up. <laughs> but, but hair is hair. I think, like, that's, like, a complete genetic thing. And I don't know. I might put it to a vote one day. You do have a beautiful head of hair, though. I would run my fingers through it if I, mean, I saw I think, it. What's up? I, mean, I think the hair sets it off. I think uh, something I've always kind of focused on to kind of, like, set me apart. So it's always been something I put my attention to. 
Yeah, and the funny thing is that we like I kind of used to be you at a point in my life because I used to have a toothpick in randomly. Because I always used to walk yeah. around with a toothpick, and then my job told me to not have it anymore, and then I had to take it, and then I had to just like, all right, well, I'm gonna dump that, and yeah, and hair gel, toothpicks, not the face filler though. I always had like a baby's ass in my face. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't tell them I needed that job. I really needed that job, and they're like, "You can't walk around here with a fucking toothpick. It's so disrespectful." I'm like, "That makes wow. sense. I totally forgot it was in there. It, it's in education, so that makes sense." I had an employer tell me once it was gross, but I had a toothpick in my mouth. How's that gross? Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. Well, fuck that. That's job, stupid. Uh, I had some birds with me. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's uh. Well, yeah, they told me to take it out, and then I just I realized that you'd walk around with a toothpick. I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess when I was like 21, I was Brandon Franklin. I was Frank Daddy too. I was Ange Daddy, I guess. But yeah, I might put this to vote on my story though about the hair. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to see. I mean, you could do it too. I, I I wouldn't mind. All right, now now that we get like now that I got that out of my off my chest because I took offense to you saying you had better hair. I already had the best hair in powerlifting because that's like the only thing I have right now. Is my hair? Yeah, I absolutely understand, man. Um, but, you know, it's only because I'm not competing currently, so oh. I'll give that to you. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll, I'll let you have it. I, and actually, I think you have some competition, but only the reason I'll say this is because he kind of imitates my hairstyle. It's Jeff Younger out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Huey. Uh, his hair's pretty nice, but he's, you know, I like him, but. He's a little bit of a copycat with my hairstyle, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it is it is very it, it's classy. It's it's got a nice classic feel to it. It's pomaded out. It looks good. It's very southern, and it's it it is a classy hairstyle. And like a lot of people in powerlifting, just have long, messy, crazy hair. Like I obviously gel it before I go on to compete. Like I gotta I gotta put some pomade in before I get into the gym or onto the platform. Yeah. 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 You know, there's a bunch of people trying to make a living doing their photography work. I'm just trying to make sure they get a nice photogenic picture. Exactly. Fuck yeah, man. Deion Sanders said it, and you said it better. I'm curious with you because I started following you, and it was a funny way I started following you. I, I think I posted a meme, and then a bunch of people commented that I look like you. And, I, and then I'm like, who the – all right, so the constant comments of people saying I look like you, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go on his page. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's a strong dude too. That's that's good. Like if, if someone's commenting, then he has to be like well-known. And you are quite well-known, so before we get into like everything that you've done in powerlifting, give us how you got your start in fitness and then how that kind of like progressed into powerlifting. So to take, uh, you know, when I was 19, uh, I started lifting straight out of high school. Uh, all, I didn't really start off in sports. Uh, I was like an overweight, like black sheep, kid of the family. Uh, everybody in my family played sports and things like that. So I kind of did the, I did skateboarding and stuff like that. I was kind of like a emo kid mm-hmm. growing up. Stuck to myself, had like a small group of friends, stuck, uh, stuck with that. But then like, uh, you know, eventually I wanted to get laid, right? So I had to. <laughs> I had to do something about it because my self-confidence was low. And uh, started working out right out of high school because nothing else was working. I was like, well, I have to make a change or I'm never going to be happy with myself. Uh, even if I've got to change myself just a little bit. So 
I started lifting. At the first gym I went to, there was a retired powerlifter. He was, he was only in his 30s. He was super intense, super strong. I'd done a couple IPF uh, championships before. And at the time, I didn't realize the importance of that, but you know, I just know you're strong. <laughs> so he taught me that, like that intensity. So, like, straight up the gate, I was learning how to be like a fucking fierce lifter. And I feel like a lot of lifters don't get that out, but uh, I'm definitely appreciative of that. <laughs> so he taught me a lot. And then, you know, he had a, uh, a coach from, that actually taught the local football team. Uh, he was a 65-year-old man. His name was Carl. And he was actually a uh, retired IPF world champion as well in single fly back in like the 70s and 80s. And uh, so I decided to go over there after a few months. And, uh, he like got me straight into a competition within like, I think it was eight months after I started doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, initially it was single fly. The, uh, I just wanted to look good, you know. So, I, I mean, I was looking a lot better at this time. I had a very good uh, start in how I looked. Everything was uh, responding well. And uh, the training and nutrition. And he got me straight into the powerlifting, and I really enjoyed it. But I uh, still, my main focus is on looking better and possibly becoming a bodybuilder. Yeah, I think a lot of us start that way. And you said to get laid was the initial, like, reason why people pick up the weight for the most part, but I think everyone I've talked to on the show, it hasn't really worked out for them, at least, like, initially. Like, it it, it eventually ended up happening, like, four years later when they kind of, like, stopped caring about it and, like, oh, I guess it's not the number one thing that women care about. It's hair. It's hair, obviously. Yeah, it's exactly the hair. Um, At the time, I went with long surfer boy hair. And, I uh, saw that. You have a very nice glow-up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've just uh, been hitting on you for, like, this entire interview for seven minutes now. It's all right. Okay. Yeah, you, you're probably used to it. Yeah, it makes my dick hurt. All right. Well, that's good. Well, i got to keep you occupied oh, while you're driving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to see my girl right now to get laid, so I'm very excited about it. It's been two weeks. Everybody two weeks. All right. Yeah, two two full weeks. Uh, I lost last hours. <laughs> yeah, that's because uh, you were at the um, you're at the tribute, correct? Correct. All right. So yeah, and what I've noticed about kind of um, at least like the personality on Instagram or what I've seen through social media and all that kind of stuff, and through throughout the brand too. You know, I mentioned eat, ask, gain, mass. Um, no, I and team, but trend and strength at the beginning of the show. It feels like people kind of neglect the fact that you are, in fact, a world-class elite powerlifter. And it, is that due to kind of your other ventures in powerlifting, or is it due to people care about kind of the the personality side, not exactly the lifting side? That's actually a pretty damn good question. Uh, you know, I think about that a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, it's actually very So we'll start with... Uh, you know, I think the, the persona that I put on, is, you know, it's, it's all me. I mean, I'm a, uh, I put it out there for people to see online. I mean, I can obviously avoid doing that, but I think that would show the actual fake side. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I definitely put out what I'm actually about. Uh, you know, I may enhance it a little bit. Just because I'm on there so much, but um, I 
think people like I think the business side of things. I think especially when I come out of the the Eat Ass Game Mask logo and uh, that really took off. It's still I still sell at least a couple of shirts every day. Yeah, I see a lot of those types of shirts at any any powerlifting gym or any meet. There's going to be someone just with a shirt like that. It's kind of like bar. It reminds me of barstool sports. And how, like, they're seen at sporting events, and they're kind of that, like, rogue industry. Like, that's what it reminds me in powerlifting. Like, that, Eat Ass Gain Mass and all those other shirts are kind of like the rogue brand. Not like the literal rogue brand, like the punk rock band. Yeah. I'm like the habitual line crosser in <laughs> Yeah. Habitual. Habitual yeah, I, line stepper. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I, and I don't care to do that. That's uh, something I enjoy doing. But I think, like, I think mostly it's where I got hurt. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like down off. I mean, obviously the numbers are increasing drastically every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting passed up by a lot of people. That's something, you know, that's something I have to deal with. That's something every competitor has to deal with when they get hurt, mm-hmm. uh, especially when uh, uh, it's been a severe spine. And basically, you know, I just, when I, and I did that, and I knew the severity of my injuries, so I got into the business side of things. And I think that's what uh, people's gotten used to. Um, I still, I've had people message me and say, you know, you're pretty, I'll, I'll post recent videos of me training, uh, which is rare because I'm just not that proud of, but I'll, I'll post the video from time to time and people's like, man, you should compete. You're actually pretty strong <laughs> instead of just selling stuff. And I'm like, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I used to be a little bit stronger. I, you know, I try not to get into it too much. I don't like, I'm not one to, even though I, you know, I seem to have a pretty big ego on Instagram, I, I usually don't like spit out my numbers unless someone just straight up asks. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, and I've always felt like that was maybe like a lack of care on their part, I just, or not, not necessarily care. They're just not really thinking about that, so if they don't care enough to ask, then I just don't tell them. But in situations like that, I'll let them know, you know, that I used to lift a little bit more than I do now, just because and I'll just bring up my injuries. And, uh, which isn't an excuse by anything, but it's just what is what it is. Uh, and I still enjoy lifting. I don't really, and I don't enjoy the business side of things at all. In fact, uh, it's just something to kind of keep me part of the sport because I love the sport so much. So that's mm-hmm. what kind of keeps me involved, and I don't regret that at all by making the decision just because I love the sport. Yeah, and I could tell that you're passionate about powerlifting and the sport in general. And I, I've, I've discussed this on this show before. It's a lot of people, I mean, on Instagram, people have opinions, right? I mean, too many people have too many opinions. Oh, absolutely. And, like, some of them are good, most of them are dog shit. But what I, what I say to people, and I believe I said this to uh, Garrett, was... You have to be good in this sport as a competitor for anyone to give a fuck about what you're saying or what you're selling. So if you see anyone selling belts, if you see anyone selling shirts, chances are they got their start being a really damn good powerlifter, and they kind of like just use that to propel their business side of things. Because usually the people selling you stuff aren't shitty powerlifters. Absolutely. I I agree with that. Uh, You know, I think... You know, sometimes I don't think it's always the best power that you're selling for stuff, though. It's a really good power mm-hmm. uh, with a good persona that's able to talk and keep a uh, carry a conversation, which a lot of a lot of uh, you know a lot of good power do have an 
a lot of put in the effort. You could tell what you was put in the effort. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's like it was the old school kind of thing. It's like, oh, do, just do the lifting. Let your lifting do the talking and let your – like, just be a competitor. And it's like, well, you don't really need to do that. You know, we could have fun in the sport in different ways. And with the evidence of social media, people are having fun with it. But you can also monetize that. But I think certain people get that label a little bit too much. And I talked about it with uh, Dylan Brage. He was on the show, Garrett Fear, where, like, they have this label of being either cocky, arrogant. And I don't think those people are either of those things, but they got that label. And it clouds from the fact that, one, they're actually really intelligent, and, two, really good at this sport. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great amount of confidence, uh... You know, people. Some people are standoffish, so you don't know what they've had to deal with the competitor mm-hmm. coming into it. As far as like the hate they get on Instagram or social media in general. Yeah. So some people like just are a little bit more standoffish than others, so they may seem cocky or arrogant. To certain people, they want their circle small because you know the trust issues. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. I can understand. Absolutely. All right. So mentioned at the beginning of the show, you attended the tribute. And first, what's your connection with Pioneer? And second, how did you just enjoy the tribute? Because looking at footage, that looks like a badass meet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the connection with Pioneer um, is uh, basically I met Matt that uh, runs Pioneer in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, at the Arnold Classic. But uh, I got a belt from him after seeing Eric Lillybridge have made by earlier that year. And, you know, I wanted the belt made from him as well. Uh, obviously, if anyone sees, like, a Pioneer belt, they're going to see the customization, mm-hmm. and they're going to want one. I mean, uh, it's just like, I mean, it's just human nature to want something cool. Yeah, I remember when I saw it for the first time, I, I was unaware of the brand. I went online. And then, like, with all the customizations I wanted, I think I would have spent about $450. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it does add up whenever you start uh, doing everything down to exactly what you want. Exactly. Uh, and, then, you know, he was just starting off at that time. Uh, so it took me about 12 days to get my first belt from which is insane. Uh, 12 days, yeah, that's... Yeah, I waited for my Inzer belt for like two months. Yeah. I mean, the lead time with the Pioneer belt is uh, much more substantial now than it was then just because the demand is way higher. I mean, he, uh, he had one sewing machine. I think he did most of the important stuff. So, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, it's still, I think now they keep it around four to six weeks for a fully customized belt if nothing goes wrong. Which is pretty still, I mean, it's pretty great compared to some men's or belts. Mm-hmm. But still, I've heard like a plain black or red belt still taking up to a couple months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a white belt, took two months. Yeah, I mean, Enzer, they're an OG company. They've been around a long time. But they did, though, we'll throw it out there, they did message Pioneer early on for him to make their belt. Ooh. Okay. And, uh, he don't throw that out there, but like since I typically like to cross the line a little bit, I did and that person to let people know a couple things. Yeah, that. yeah, and if you're gonna break any news, just do it on our show. We can always Absolutely. use we can always use those ratings and those subscriptions. We gotta Absolutely. we gotta surpass the broadcast somehow. <laughs> They're pretty good. I was on there. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was uh, listening to a little bit before I came here. Oh, really? Yeah. We just need a little more leaves. We'll be good. We need a little more marijuana. We'll be great. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, I'm a USAPL guy, man. I can't, I can't be talking about drugs, even though I do, and I'm probably going to get kicked out of the Federation. Yeah, just for having me on here. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. I... I You'll just have a six month ban, so you'll be good. Oh yeah, six. I'll, I mean, just as long as it's after nationals, I'll be fine. Like you could ban me after nationals; it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I noticed that's what a lot of USAPL guys do. They they don't really care too much as long as they can make it to nationals. Oh yeah, the nationals, and then if you're good enough, IPF worlds. But once you win that, it's like, eh, well, it's n- it's not real. Yeah. It's not much more to accomplish in the sport when IPF worlds and maybe go to other uh, money meets. So. And, and speaking of that, it happened. Uh, best example of that is Hack. Hack won IPF Worlds, yeah. and then he's like, well, I'm going to go start making money. And I'm yeah, going to go I'll, start in those that's, other that's federations. That's exactly what I was about to bring up, just because he's such a great example in so many places. Yeah, so, uh, so how did you enjoy the tribute? I enjoyed it uh, a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> partied a little bit too much all weekend, but... Uh, but it was a great, uh, as far as, okay, so the tribute, it was amazing. Um, normally I'll talk a lot of shit about the USBA just because I feel like they don't get enough credit for the amount of shit they need talked about. Um, just because, you know, I'll go into that later. But, you know, uh, Bobby that runs Texas USBA did great. Um, I've heard bad things about him, um, but I've seen nothing but good so far. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with him on a regular basis, but uh, so the he, he did a great job on the tribute meet. Uh, all the competitors uh, seemed to do well. I don't think there was any major injuries at any point. Mm-hmm. They had a great they had a great crew of spotters that they hired to come in, professionals yeah. that that actually that are trained. Yeah, that they work on it. So I, I was definitely happy about that. The judging seemed pretty consistent for the most part, and you know uh, it was a great location. I'm. The only thing I complain about, I hate going to the same place twice when I go out of town. It's just like I'm wasting my money to go, like, essentially, if I was a competitor, I'm going to have to use vacation time to go to the same place over and over. So I would like to see, like, maybe that, maybe at least move to a different town, even if it's state Texas, just to kind of see a different area. I feel like I could utilize my time and still get, like, a small vacation. Because I know some of these competitors have families. They have to burn these days up. Yeah, they like to stay a couple of days after. So I feel like that that's the only flaw I think really I have about any competition really is when they stay, stay stagnant at the same place each year. Yeah, I would like for them to usually – I always compare it to the Super Bowl. Like yeah. have it in a different state and a cool-ass state every single year or a cool-ass city every single year. And, cause, yeah, again, like going to the same place over and over again – won't exactly be worth it for some lifters. I know for a fact that I've been lured into competition just based on the city alone, and lured out Absolutely. of competition and like kind of pushed away from a competition because of the city. And I think that's why, because a lot of people, I've had a lot of big competitions. Raw Unity was a big one, and I never got to do it. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but I, the meat promoter actually messaged me the next year, and she, she was like, "Why is no one signing up?" And they had to like stop it. Because nobody was wanting wanting to sign up anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it's because you're having a board every year. I mean, you have to change things up. I, and I believe that. And I, every year since then, because it's been a while, I see the same exact things happen to other competitions. You know, they're 
then things just change because they have it there year after year. So then another competition comes out and it's in a different location. And it, it, it kind of explodes. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that it's just new, but it's in a new location. It's fresh all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen it before. And also, they have to understand who their customer base is. Because a lot of, I've seen this with APF and WPC before, where a lot of the APF lifters are like, they, they don't, like, a lot of the younger people don't have a lot of money. So if you're gonna make yeah, a, if, if you're gonna make a meet in, like, I don't know, uh, Dublin or something, or across the pond, or even south, like, it's like, oh, we're gonna do it in Orlando this year, a lot of the kids are gonna be like, well, I can't go, man, I, I don't have that money. Like, I'm not gonna save up for, like, just one meet. Like, have it a little bit closer by. If it's a Midwestern, like, kind of uh, federation, have it somewhere cool in the Midwest. Switch around the towns in the Midwest, but then, like, going way, way out, it's, like, it's impossible for some listeners to even make that travel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, it, you know, it comes down to, like, we decide to do this on our own terms. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's the way a lot of people see it as well. Yeah. But, of course, you know, they got to make money and kind of cater to lifters mm-hmm. so that's how they're making the money and able to put on the pieces. yeah so it's like it's you know it's a win-lose for everybody in a way just in a, in a situation like that yeah absolutely so attending the tribute what was your favorite moment there Ooh. and you could list off don't uh, give me one oh i'm definitely going to give you some of my favorites Fuck yeah. Kevin Oak, uh, Kevin Oak smashing 839 like a opener mm-hmm. to the world record at 242 and hitting the new world record of demolishing Larry Wills, which I'm happy about if anyone does with him. One of my least favorite. Absolutely. And, uh, John Hack, obviously, I think, uh, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was like maybe the number one focus on a lot of people going in, uh, rightfully so. Uh, Cody Blasnick, who hit the first 181 2K total on the rap day mm-hmm. the day before, which was totally impressive and, you know, unexpected. I know, And he goes to a lot of meets and he wins. He's won the Open yep. in his class uh, many times. Uh, he's won a lot of meets. More dominating than a lot of people. He's just quiet. Uh, very nice family man. Mm-hmm. Went out to eat with him last year after he won the tribute. And him and his wife are great people from what I gathered. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, definitely a deserving guy. I would love to see him and John Hag go head to head in whatever fashion, 181 or 198. Would be yep. amazing because I know they both cut a little bit, I believe. So yeah, that would be good. I, when I when I saw Hack on the platform, I was like, oh shit, that's what 181 pounds is supposed to look like. Yeah, because I look at myself, I'm like, well. I am not 181 pounds. I am way fucking smaller than that. And then I see a bunch of other people. It's like, holy shit. Like, but he is big. I, and I saw him in person once, um, at the cage. And I just noticed, like, I did not know he was that big. Yeah. I think it shows more in person than it does possibly in pictures. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand how he gets to 181. And honestly, I talked to him by the pool and shit like that over the weekend. I, just, I mean, he just looks bigger than 181, so he somehow does it. I don't know if his bones are hollow or what. I can't even steal. But he, uh, <laughs> He's Captain America. He has, so. he has, you know, because I have to ask people, I'll come straight up. You know, I, I 
try to break the ice with people, and then I'll ask them, what the fuck are you taking? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just straight up, but I, uh, I definitely got to have a nice conversation with them because I'm interested in, like, how athletes, especially when they switch from uh, different organizations, uh, like the USAPL and IPF, and then they come over um, and maybe start uh, uh, supplementing. So I, I'm always interested in how that works, especially when someone's pretty fucking strong to mm-hmm. begin with. You know, and I started, uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, I started juicing it right, right when I was about to turn 27. Okay. And that was from 19, right? I was 19, and I started late at 26 years old. Um, so I took a while. I did natty bodybuilding uh, during that time. I kind of wanted to get, like, my natty pro card. I had goals with how much weight I lifted. And uh, in power, when I did powerlifting at that time, then once I lost bodybuilding the last time in 2012, I, that was my, my decision-maker. I, I made the decision right then to switch over to powerlifting and, and also start supplementing because mm-hmm. during the bodybuilding, I learned all about my nutrition and training. So all I had left was to change in powerlifting. I was always just good at it. Like, I, I wasn't trying too hard for it. I was pretty good at it naturally. So that's what made me switch over, is that I was going to, I wanted to fulfill my potential in strength. Yeah, and you know what? We're actually going to uh, talk about this more, because we're going to break down the uh, tribute um, in, the, like, the later yeah. portions of the show. But I think with the people being drawn to hack was because he had that ipf usapl background and he kind of built a name over there being easily the best in those two federations for a long time and i'm gonna i'm gonna propose this question to you is is do you see that being the trend now in powerlifting are people sort of funneling out of those natty federations and then going to meets like the tribute going to meets like boss of bosses the u.s open hopping on Maybe gear, maybe not, but using that so, one, they could have higher numbers, and, two, make a little bit more money. So, um, in my opinion on that, I believe kind of in a, like a much greater than what I kind of did. I, I realized my potential, so I feel like they, that's exactly what's happening is that they're realizing that they have a substantial amount of potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether and you know and obviously supplementing is going to enhance you uh, in some way depending on how much you don't know until mm-hmm. you really get into it so yeah I think I think they realize their potential they're dominating uh, If I, I'm not sure if anyone like ever cheated like that cheats in IPF or USAPL if they don't and they have that potential uh and I believe a lot of people just have great natural potential. Yeah. Uh, everyone's just different. And I believe a lot of people actually tell the truth. They pass their tests, and they and then they decide to start supplementing them. They come over to obviously expand their name even more and win more money and win titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, build their build their legacy because at the end of the day, no one's going to ask. Uh, they're going to ask what you lifted. I mean, obviously, you're going to give some asshole and ask what you use, but I think, I don't think it's, I think they're more curious. Yeah. Because you know, I think maybe they're, they're wanting to get that way as well. They just don't understand the importance of nutrition, training, and obviously genetics. But, you know, they're interested. It makes them interested. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
they're just narrow-minded and they, and they think drugs are the, you know, the secret mm-hmm. to success. Oh well, yeah, and I think in the like the circles of powerlifting, I th- or I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a small circle. I think it would be a red a larger circle. Is the people who do use, at least from other powerlifters, have a tremendous amount of respect, and it's like the pinnacle of powerlifting. Because if you look at all the most well-known names, they're all guys who've tested or who've competed in non-tested federations and so it's like it's and I've, I've, I've had this analogy on the show before it's like major league baseball but we have a steroid major league baseball and that league was more prestigious than the other natural drug tested major league baseball so i and i and i do see it becoming a trend and specifically with ipf and usapl lifters because once you win those competitions that's that's really it like you You've done everything you need to accomplish with that federation. Now you go to US, USPA or other federations where you get 24-hour weigh-ins. That's going to be huge for especially a guy like Hack. Yeah. You got those specialty bars that's really going to help certain people's deadlifts. I think the trend might become do USAPL early, win your world titles, Create that like fan base with those natural kids, because the the people who are really into raw nat- natty lifters are nineteen through like twenty five year olds. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the like the the demographic of this show and even on my Instagram page, that's who follow me. Which, by the way, love you guys' support, but that's who follow. It's like seventeen through twenty five year old guys for for the most part, like ninety nine percent guys, and it. You create that fan base there, but once you start accomplishing more, then go to USPA. Wouldn't it be amazing if Ray Williams did a USPA competition? Oh, yeah. Like, all those guys, like, at a point, Russ Orhe, he goes USPA. That would be great. Like, I was excited when the guys Cornelius did the Open. Who? Cornelius. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, that, That was exciting to me. Yeah, and I, 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 well, and then also with these type of meets, because um, I was just, you know, of course, living vicariously through Instagram, just being at the tribute, and just, like, looking at all the footage going on of just, it's a smaller meet, there's not a ton of lifters going. It's not like a massive, massive, like, USAPL Raw Nats, there's going to be a shit ton of lifters there. Like, 25 weight class. This meet is relatively small, and... I think the draw of those smaller kind of select meets with elite level powerlifters are way more appealing to the audience. Yeah, so we, you know, I think there was around thirty to thirty-five competitors on both days. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, uh, and they, you know, they did a very good job of uh, keeping a good pace, but they also spaced it out very well and not an extreme amount of time where people were sitting around bored either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was pretty good. He was able to keep your attention on the actual lifters themselves too. Yeah, yeah, and and I think those meets are are I think better for the sport because one, powerlifting is not a great spectator sport, and but the way to make it become a spectator sport is have less lifters. If you have less lifters who are much better lifters, then you're being you'll be entertained for at least like seventy percent of the day. Not just thirty percent or twenty percent, because that's what happens. That's what ends up happening in raw nationals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've uh, I've watched raw nationals on the, the big event. I've mm-hmm. been to USPA nationals twice, uh, and a lot of nationals in general, just uh, in, in most organizations over the years. 
and it just really come like a it seems seems like a money gimmick mm-hmm. to me. Um, too many competitors uh, qualified a little bit easier than you should. Mm-hmm. Especially nowadays, there's a lot of talent. Uh, not, the, not that everyone is not a great lifter or a good lifter that competes there. I just feel like it's a little bit spaced out. There's just too many, too many competitors to keep up with. Uh, you can't feel the name. I know uh, Steve Dennison was talking about at the USBA Nationals about how there's a lot of money being found into keeping actual elite lifters from competing at USBA Nationals and IPO Worlds. Mm-hmm. And they, they seem to have a, a little bit of a problem with that. Um, because, you know, you, you're getting good lifters at these competitions, but they're all waiting for the money. Yeah. But I, and I can understand what he's saying, but at the same time, USBA Nationals build up. I mean, there were some good competitors there. I mean, I, I wasn't really shocked by anybody except maybe like one or two guys, and that was on the heavier day. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the women some of the women were pretty good. Uh but I wasn't really, there wasn't really anything that stood out too crazy for me. Uh, and maybe that's the reason, but I mean, you know, you got, you had four days, and I think there was uh, almost 400 competitors in total, and everyone's paying an entry fee, and then the cash prize overall is like 6000 or like a split best victory award. Mm-hmm. It's really, the wonder no one goes. Uh, especially, I mean, I'd rather just stay home and stay about that my own thousand dollars and compete locally mm-hmm. and then save up for a big competition which is what I would do I would compete uh, a couple times lo- uh, semi-locally and then I would choose one big competition yeah that's how I would do it yeah it's typically uh, how, I, how I split up things too it's you know one big competition and one local competition that's two meets two or three meets a year and that's kind of how I split up one to save money and two just to you know challenge myself a little bit yeah, I mean, I like the semi-local meets. I mean, I would always travel probably maybe mm-hmm. four or five hours, just maybe to the next state over or something like that. It, I, I like that because I would uh, build a relationship with these people. Like, I'd always see them. So that was one of the great things I got into competing into a lot of states like that surrounds me, like in uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Virginia, things like that. I was able to see the, a lot of the same people over and over. So, uh, not necessarily a fan base, but a friend base, which is, has been amazing to me. And, uh, and, every, and every time I go to those meets, I see a lot of the same people. So that's, that's been one of the great things I like about being in the sport as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, so, uh, that's why I did APF meets for such a long time too, was they're so local and there's like five meets a year that are pretty close to me too. And yeah, that's, that's kind of my, that's my people, APF people. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, uh, quality aside on some of the organizations, I mean, sometimes it's just great to have fucking friends, uh, support system. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think a lot of people, I think, you know, big competitions are nerve wracking. Uh, most of the time, if you go to them, you don't, most people don't know who you are unless you're like top, couple guys and even I've seen no cheers from some of the main top lifters mm-hmm. uh, just because of their fan base being low uh, so I mean it's nice I mean the first time I hit 2k I knew every fucking body in the room it seemed like and there was a lot of good competitors there and like the whole fucking room was standing up and it and it still gives me fucking chills like I like just thinking about it. I remember just remember so much I remember uh, Brandon Lilly uh, 
sitting there and like I mean I could like see him because I was putting chalk on my hands and like I could see him like stand up and his knees were horrible he just had surgery mm-hmm. and he and he just he got up from his chair I could tell he had to like struggle a little bit and he had uh, he had people like he was like waving his hands there for people like to stand up so they were announcing it up the back uh, this was gonna be like my first ever attempt at 2K. Mm-hmm. All kinds of shit, and it was like, I mean, I just, and at, and at that point, I just blacked out, and everything fucking went through me. I knew I wasn't going to get this shit, uh, no matter what. I, I just knew there was something, there was something about that day in particular that it just hit. So, and, I, and, and shit like that, and I've hit 2K a few other times after that, and none of them were in like comparison mm-hmm. to like how that moment felt. Uh, so I'll always cherish something like that, uh, even if it is substantially less than what other people have got uh, since then, or even my best uh, 2K total, which is 2046, which isn't much more, but it's still, you know, it's better. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I got hurt, I was uh, potentially maybe over 2100, pretty well over at the time. I felt like but, uh, my injury started arising. And, uh, that's kind of when I started pulling back, uh, just kind of pre-retirement mode. Yeah, I well, I I have seen that with local meets before. Just it being a better atmosphere, kind of going on as well. It's yeah. just it's just fun to do. But um, yeah, ho- hopefully we can get you back on the platform again. That'll be pretty awesome yeah, to see. I would I, I would like to see that. Um, so we, we've had, did you see the uh, the kind of the breaking news uh, from the tribute twenty twenty next year? Yeah, uh, so I've known about that. Um, Actually, last year it's been the plan, but Matt kind of got talked into it again this year. Okay. He didn't. He didn't enjoy how it was way worse this year. It seemed like um, so. None of the companies, like his goal was for all the companies to become like basically any competition in their mind with each other. They come together for the lifters. Yeah. And there was no competition. Where every company was their own, and they become part of this big event. Well, ultimately, you know, there was a lot of help. I'm not, I'm not going to discredit a lot of companies. Um, there was a lot of help, but there was so much that wasn't. And and, and Matt feels like that maybe it was it's because of him because they see him as a huge competitor, and he is. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think he's number one in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, because I'm so I'm, I'm I might be biased. I mean, I know there's bigger fear like Rogue and SVD is pretty huge. Uh, yeah, I I, so I I would argue and say I would agree with you that Pioneer is probably as number one right now, or at least like the hottest one. Like if I was going to power rank them, yes. they would be number one because Absolutely. I think there's a lot of USAPL lifters who want to get Pioneer. Because I mean, you 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 see USAPL lifters, right? Yes. They are fucking in your face about what they're wearing. Yes. You don't yes. think they'll be lo- they'll love to have a goddamn pioneer customizable belt with their yes. fucking Marvel characters on it that with their comic book characters yeah. that they love. You with motherfuckers, the- I've never seen so many people color coded. I, 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 they are stylish as fuck, it, it, and they would I, love I, a pioneer belt. Right. 
No, it's cool. I, li- yeah. I, I like the, the style, but I'm just saying Pioneer will make a killing with USAPL because you have one guy doing Iron Man. You have another guy doing Black Panther. You have another guy doing – because they're all obsessed with Marvel characters and, like, anime and shit. So they would yeah, make cool. they would make a killing with USAPL guys if they were allowed to use their belt. So I think they're definitely number one, and it's a quality belt too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I think there was an approval for 2020 now that – all local meat mm-hmm. can use fine air belts. Yeah, so I yeah I've competed at a local meet and my I don't have a I actually don't have like any really good brand as far as like my equipment. Um, and I, I had like a Amazon I bought a belt off Amazon and I've never like not used it. It was for my yeah. first powerlifting competition and they were like, do you know what brand this is? I'm like, uh, no, I have no idea. And they're like, all right, well, if you don't know the brand, we don't know the brand, so you can use it. Same thing with my singlet. It's a wrestling singlet. It's not really a, a branded singlet. Like, the only thing I had that was approved was my um, Mark Bell knee sleeves. Right. So they, they – and local meets, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, national meets, you – like, that's why I ended up buying an Inzer belt. Like, I needed to get, an I, like, a USAPL IPF-approved belt. And I forgot to buy the yeah. singlet, too. I, I got to actually do that. I keep, on, I keep on forgetting to buy a singlet. Such a fucking amateur. I know. Go. I'm a god, I'm an amateur with a podcast. That makes no goddamn sense. People listen to it, too. They they want advice from me. I'm like, I, I don't even know, how like, what equipment I need. Why are you guys listening you're, you're to me? To, you're trying to claim the baseline power. That's why I have singlet. So. Yeah, I'll try. (laughs) Yeah, so I I I I agree with Pioneer. I I, with you saying Pioneer's number one right now. But with the the future of the tribute, and I think just powerlifting in general. And I I wanted to talk to you about this because I think you think outside the box. You have a different mentality than most people. Um, and uh, you have commented on like our show topics before, and your your comments and suggestions are unique. So, what do you think would be the future of how meets like the tribute will be run, or how would you like to see them run? Um, it's a tricky subject because I'm a I like the OG way OG way of the sport. I like loud music, mm-hmm. talk, OG cussing, no fucks given. I don't like politically correct. I think that's where it's going. I think the more popular it is, the more fucking fancies that come into the sport. And I actually just made this post on Matt's post earlier, so I'm recalling, shouting it out there. So I think it brings in a lot of fancies, uh, people that's not really intense. Like I, and I mentioned earlier that I was, as soon as I started lifting, I met the guy, uh, the guy at my gym, and he taught me how to be fucking intense. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I just love that shit, man. It seems like there's a lot of passion in it. Fierceness, uh, fierce competitor. I mean, a lot of people. I like everyone that's friends. That's friends. But there's not. There's not enough like. You know, they're not competitive. Yeah. Like there's, there's. I mean, you don't got to shit talk, but like, you ain't got to like, guys ass either. Mm-hmm. Unintended. So I mean, uh, so as far as I don't know, I like the way I like the way beats go. I like the uh, thing. JSAPL Nationals, I think it's one of the most intense meets I've seen, actually. Loud music, light shows, the, the focus is on the competitor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of competitors. I think if they narrow it down, it'd be one of the most fucking intense meets ever. Um, WPC used to have uh, intense meets. I don't know. I just think uh, you can't really change it too much. 
Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to say. I think I think the future is uh, is mostly just less, like we talked about a second ago, less, a little bit less competitors in five mm-hmm. and more and more money. I think uh, everything else. I think I like you know. I think the attention needs to be on the listeners more. I think that's the biggest problem, especially if you want more mainstream stuff out of it. Yeah. Um, which I'm not. I'm not necessarily. I don't give a shit about. I think I like the underground vibe it has, just because that's what I grew up being used to with it, and I like watching old videos. I like, I like that intensity. I think the more popular it becomes, the more politically correct you have to be. Yeah. Uh, obviously, and I don't necessarily care about drug testing or not drug testing, but if it becomes super mainstream, then it has. It would most likely it'll be like the Olympics, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Except with the Olympics, you know, they have it every four years. Yeah. Um, if someone's using a that, then they have four years to get better and then pass. Yeah, or, you know, or they're staying natural or whatever. Mm-hmm. So powerlifting, it's going to be a yearly thing. That's, uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think it's getting more to where people, like you said, are seeing their potential crossing over more so than crossing over. Uh, obviously, you can't cross over to the IBF or you'd be a cheating blind scumbag, right? Yeah, so, pretty much. So... Once you kind of cross that barrier, for the most part, then that's where you should stay, mm-hmm. um, and just continue from there. So, I mean, I would never quit taking stuff and then decide to switch over to USAPL. I would just continue with everything else. Yeah, I don't think I don't think a lot of people have ever done that either. No. Would make a whole. But sense. as far as you know, the sport, I like I like the way it's going. Um, I have no major complaints. I feel like. Uh, you know, money is everything. Per mm-hmm. uh, Matt's question also on his page earlier, asking about titles or money, which is most important. I think legacy yeah. and uh, legendary platinum status is what it's all about to me. I mean, I can give a fucking rat's ass about money. Yeah. I mean, I love money. I mean, but it ain't like you're going, if you lose, you're going to still end up with $100,000 for sitting on the fucking bench. Yeah. So, I mean, like in other sports. So, I mean, That's a good point. A lot of people's like, well, you don't make money. I mean, you know, uh, titles don't win, uh, don't pay the bills. Titles don't pay the bills. I'm like, yeah, you're not fucking paying the bills with anything either because you ain't never won anything. So yeah. how would you, why do you even give a fuck? Yeah. So, That's a good point. I'm, so, I mean, you know, unless there's a substantial amount of money where there's like everybody's leaving the meat with a couple thousand dollars every time they compete just losing and then the top guy wins a hundred thousand then it really don't fucking matter mm-hmm. and, that's not, and that's not how it's going to be for a very long time and I think uh, I don't know Matt uh, the Pioneer kind of stepping away maybe hopefully it works out to his benefit where other companies want to uh, be involved in it mm-hmm. uh, because he's not the, the face of it Even, yeah. and that was his intentions anyway not be the face of it but he had such a big part in like making it happen he, what he, his face was there yeah on your label so I think he was stepping away completely and then just being a sponsor and that be it that's his goal maybe every other business would be involved as well hopefully hopefully it don't falter and become a shit show because uh, that would be one less money beat because I think we're on a good path yeah to big money beats I, I think it's. I don't think it needs to go away. So I like, you know. 
Yeah, I don't even think the money was the big reason why I because I was intrigued by it just due to the roster. The roster was just so stacked that I wanted to watch that. Yeah, absolutely. And the, a lot of lifters who I look up to, a lot of lifters who I'm impressed with, um, were competing. Is like, well, that's a meet that I'm going to definitely tune into. And then yeah, the seeing again like through people's like Instagram stories, just like the backstage of like. It was so many legendary lifters and world's best lifters over there just at one given moment where I was, like, I was, like, taken back, like, damn, that is, it would be just so cool to just compete in that, and I don't even think it needs to be a money meet for it, like, for it to keep that attraction, I think a lot of lifters will be intrigued by the money part of it, too, but, yeah, interesting to see where that goes, um, and, man, when people do run meets, they really want the spotlight to be shed on them to make everyone know that they are running the meet. And that that I could agree with Pioneer on this is annoying. Yeah. Like the, the U.S. Open, for example, I mean, I think Gracie V likes getting pats on the back more about her running the meet than the lifters competing in the meet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then, well, you talked about the political Eric thing. They, I, I was about to say, like, when you said, I'm like, well, they had a fucking bear just randomly. Um, that's not really politically correct. A lot of uh, PETA and animal activists were pissed off about that. So maybe uh, maybe the P, uh, the political or the PC world isn't going away from powerlifting too soon. I was excited to see the bear because it was on Dan Bilzerian's Instagram page like the week before with a bunch of hot women. I was... So I was well, do you think they were going to be, like, the hot women were going to be attacked to the bear or something? Or? No, I mean, the bear was famous. I mean, he was on the bring oh. samples area. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Oh, no, no. Oh, so, so I, I just had to, mention, I had to mention the women, you know. <laughs> of course. But uh, when I saw, when I, when they kept on posting the bear at the U.S. Open, I was, I one, I didn't get it. I thought it was something else. And then I look, I'm like, oh, there's a fucking bear there. And I still didn't understand. I'm like, why is there a bear there? I just don't understand the bear. I uh, It was... It was a head scratcher for sure. If you're gonna have like a attraction, I don't think a bear is the best way to do it. There's other ways to have people being interested in the meat. But yeah, well, spe- speaking of that, and I, I, I thought it was Brandon Allen back there, <laughs> but I was quickly mistaken. <laughs> yeah, well, when, once you saw a bong wasn't by the bear, you knew it wasn't Brandon Allen. It's like the joint, there's no joints by that bear. It's not Brandon. So, oh, oh, here's here's something that I always found interesting, and I wonder why powerlifting doesn't have this currently and more of this uh, spectacles, spectacle lifts, spectacle events. And I I've noticed this the Arnold, the Arnold has the animal cage, and in my opinion, the animal cage gets more attraction than the four meets that are going on within the Arnold. People really, really like seeing the spectacle. They like seeing that type of attraction. Do, do you see powerlifting do more of that just year-round? Why can't the animal cage be yearly? Why can't it be monthly? Why can't it be, you know, every three months? Why can't it just be a different thing? Like five lifters go and, go and show up. Five lifters just deadlift. Five lifters just try to out-squat each other. And I think that that, that would probably be a little bit more entertaining for the viewers and also put a massive awesome spotlight on the lifters just saying hey lift some fucking weight and see if you can outlift each other literally oh uh, you know i i like the way you put that uh, i could see it like it would be maybe hard to plan out but uh well like well, 
like you, you could even do it. At, you could even do it at a gym. You oh, could. Yeah, you can make like kind of an intense. I mean, it doesn't have to be in like you know Orlando. It doesn't have to be in Tampa. It doesn't have to be in. Uh, it doesn't have to be in San Diego. It could be in other places. But I just, I always wondered why. You see this animal cage. You see how cool it is. You see all the who's who of powerlifting go in there, and some of the most entertaining lifts you'll ever see are in the cage. Why can't that be just a more an event worthy thing where it kind of replaces a meat? Um, like I, 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 as sponsorships go too, I think that'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, definitely a thought. Yeah, I like the idea of it. Yeah, when I was thinking of just the future of the sport, I always wondered that, just why we don't see more of that. Because the tribute, U.S. Open, all these great meets are, are smaller, and they're a little bit more, they're unique because they're small. They're unique because yeah. the world's best are there. If you if you just make a meet with two people, like kind of how mixed martial arts goes, boxing goes, you know, because those are like athlete-driven sports, I think more people will be attracted to that type of competition. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's always one thing I like to kind of bounce off people. And again, I you strike me as a person who thinks outside the box. Absolutely, I try to. Yeah, and speaking of thinking outside the box, we're gonna play one of our favorite games on Two White Lights: Fuck, Mary, Kill. And so, so, someone DM me is like, "Why don't you title Fuck, Mary, Kill Two White Lights, One Red Light?" Because that is really fucking lame. And I'm sorry to the person who DM'd me this that I'm, I'm shitting on your idea, but I yeah. I get the creativity of it. I get we're called Two White Lights, but Fuck Mary Kill's a game that we just have to play. I'm sorry if you don't like me saying it, but we got to we we got to play this game. Oh, yes. All right. So so we're gonna start off easy and then progressively get a little. It gets a little bit more difficult. All right. So, so I want to let everyone know I got my dick out, my gun out. Okay. And a, uh, wedding ring, yeah, so. Yes, and um, I, I've been naked this entire interview. He can't see me because we're on the phone, not over FaceTime. So, fuck! I wish I had an iPhone. I know, man. That, that, that was that was the biggest disappointment in this interview because I'm like, well, at least I got to look at Frank Daddy. But we'll, we'll just redo the whole fucking thing. Yeah, we'll. Oh, we'll, we're we're gonna have you on again sometime for sure. Hopefully in person. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, all yeah, right. Especially now that I'm coming to Illinois and getting laid a lot with my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, don't rule it out twice if you come see me. Zing. Oh, I won't. All right. All right. So, fuck, Mary, kill, squat, bench, deadlift. Kill, bench, Mary, squat. All right, that's a common one. That's a common one. I think I would, I I still would marry deadlift. Yeah, it's tough, but uh, I was just better at squatting. Okay. But hotter. The yeah. deadlift maybe had a better personality, mm-hmm. but I got off easier to squat. Yeah, but I always because I I hurt myself squatting the most, where it's a sexy yeah. lift, but it's like I'm getting an STD like, every single time I squat. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like but, but I guess if you marry a person with STD, it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. You'll forever have that STD, but that's fine because you're married. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We both have. Yeah, everyone kills bench though. No one has ever married a bench or fucked it. Probably said something about the lift. All right, fuck Mary kill USPA, USAPL, SPF. 
Oh. Fuck USBA. Okay. Marry SPS. Ooh. Heal USAPL. All right, so why are you marrying SPF? I don't know. Uh, the owner is an asshole, and I like him. So <laughs> he just he's attractive. He's got that, uh, you know, he don't go too deep, but, you know, <laughs> he's got the confidence and attitude. Okay. But, so you're mar- yeah. so you're marrying this person based on just attributes. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I like that. So, <sighs> so fucking USPA though. Not not yeah. good enough to put a ring on it. Uh, no, uh, uh Mary, Mary USPA. Okay. All right. Well, that's a win for SPF. Yeah. Most people, most people kill USAPL. Yeah. I think, well, I, I've i said that I f- would fuck USAPL only because they're like a pain-in-the-ass girlfriend who complains too much, but they yeah. have sexy meats. Like, yeah. they, they have a, they have an attraction to them that keeps you coming in, So and a drug tested. So, you know at least it's clean. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a big one. All right. Third, FMK. Elvis Presley. Frank Daddy Choker Raps or Pomade? Damn, dude, you did this shit on purpose. No shit, I did it on purpose. <laughs> I oh, told you it was going to get progressively dude. harder as we go. We can't give you fucking softballs the entire time. Fuck. But, by the way, before we start, I really like the fact that you like Elvis. Yes. I I love Elvis Presley. I went to Graceland when I was like 10 years old. One of the best vacations of my life. Absolutely. Yeah, big Elvis Presley fan. And I got into a massive argument with my girlfriend because I said Beyonce is overrated and Elvis is the greatest performer of all time. And we probably didn't talk for like five days. So we got Elvis, the Chokers, and what? Pomade. Pomade. Okay. Um, Let's go ahead and... uh, Fuck Elvis. Okay. Uh, it sounds like all right. As as awesome as he was, probably not marriage material. Right, right. So I have to take it into consideration as much as I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, uh, kill the chokers. Ooh. I, I I respect that. I respect that. I have to because, like I said, I don't like the business side of things. Mm-hmm. So made it a little bit easier once that clicked in my head. Yeah, I mean, that you said it on the air of love, and I like that, and it's very admirable of you. Very that important. What's that? That made me sweat. Oh. <laughs> well, I, mean, I told you, they're going to get more difficult as we go on. I just can't ask you about squat bench deadlift the entire time. But, yeah. Yeah, Elvis, Lisa Marie Presley was his wife, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it sounded like uh, he did not have a great time in the marriage, so... No, no. Definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. Pomade, pomade. I have to look good. And chokers, I could do without the business side of things. Mm. I was able to compete against myself. So. All right, it's uh, yeah. a very good point. Or how about we replace the toothpick? So Elvis oh, toothpick pomade. 
Because the, the toothpick is, I mean, you can't have food in your mouth, like, all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. But, uh, it's got to be a fashion statement, like Razor Ramon. Yeah, but I could maybe get some gum or something, or brush my, just fucking brush my teeth. Is, is it an oral uh, fixation? What is it? Is, is it an oral fixation, the toothpick? Um. Or is it just, like, you've had it, and then you just, like, oh, I'm not going to get rid of it? Yeah, it's kind of, it's something like that, and then at the same time, my uncle always used to do it, and he kind of always thought it was cool, he was just, yeah, I always liked him, and he, uh, he had passed away a couple years ago from cancer, okay. he, and I'd always remember that, and then I, and I just kind of do it from time to time, and then once I'd done it a couple times, it's just, I'd always need one, it's like, then it become like a slight addiction, like I needed something in my hands, like a fidget spinner, but then the toothpick, it, and it came that way with the toothpick, and then I just started I had it in there so much, I started lifting with it in, and then people just caught onto that, and I was squatting. Next thing you know, I'm squatting 850 pounds with a toothpick in my mouth. That's mm-hmm. what's given. So that's kind of how that came to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I won't make you choose between that now because it sounded like you were really struggling with the other one. I don't want to make you choose yeah. between your children again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No problem. All right. Next one. This is this might be actually a little bit problematic now. Choker wraps, jigsaw drill, pioneer belt, fuck Mary Kill. Um, Mary, pioneer belt. Okay. Kill. What? What was the jigsaw and what? Choker uh, wraps. Yeah, the choker wraps. Okay, I'll um, marry the pioneer belt, fuck the wraps, and kill the jigsaw. Which is interesting because a jigsaw drill definitely looks like a sex toy. Yeah. When I saw when I when I went on RP10.com, uh, I just plugged. Yeah. Uh, when I went on RP10.com, um, I looked at the jigsaw drill. And I'm like, well, that definitely looks like a sex toy. Just the different attachments onto it. I'm like, it's it looks like a sex toy. Toy from time to time, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming bachelor parties have that just lying around somewhere. Right, yeah. Especially so. going with, like, bodybuilders and powerlifters, I think. Like, oh, what well, can we use as props? Oh, jigsaw drill would, would work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, the, if you're ever going to... I bring it... Uh, I go to the party with the jigsaw, so... Okay. We don't have to look for it. Yeah, that, well, you always need that guy with you, you know? Like... That the guy who comes supplied, but I think at a point like all the other power drill companies like Dewalt and like Milwaukee, they got to start advertising on that side of it. Seventy percent of the time, it's used to it's used on construction sites, but the other thirty, it's used during bachelor parties. Yes. So I, I think I think that's a big marketing opportunity that they're missing out on. I agree one hundred percent. All right. Fuck, Mary kill. And this last one, yeah, depending on how you answer, I might not even air this episode. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. Uh, Massonomics, broadcast, two white lights. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to marry you. Fuck yeah. All right. Garrett said I'm he would fuck, fuck us, which is nice still. It's nice we're to be not, cared about. I mean, if we're, if we're married, we're going to slide it in eventually. Well, hopefully. Somebody's Jesus. Oh, fuck, dude. And by the way, Uh, I do really like Massonomics and Brocast. Yeah, I I do too. Very fucking equally. Yeah. Uh. Oh. 
I mean, I guess you could fuck them before you kill them. If that makes anything better. Yeah. I'll kill... Kill the broke ass. Okay. Uh oh. That's that's fuck, two for broke ass. Alright. Oh god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do that uh, to you. I told you. You you wanted to play Fuck Mary Kill really bad. Yeah, I know. Fuck fuck fuck. <laughs> and you, and, fuck. You, and you told me to have fun with it, so I'm like, alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a I couple curveballs. Somebody's gonna, gonna ask me how to fuck Betty White or <laughs> No no. No, that's just yeah, boring. Uh, that's boring. <laughs> Cause yeah, obviously who wouldn't okay. fuck Betty White? Thank God. <laughs> but, Thank God the last one. All right. I'm sorry to do that to you. Uh, I, I like that. All right. So, fuck, Mary kill with Frank Daddy. Also, before we end this interview, we ask these people, we ask uh, guests this all the time. Most annoying things power lifters say. What is it, in your opinion? Most annoying thing? Uh, no. It could right. be a cliche. So the, the easy. It, this is easy. Okay. Okay. This is easy for me. I just broke an all-time world record in X organization. Ooh, all right, all right. So why does that? You know, uh... And a lot of people say all time. Well, oh, it's not okay. a fucking all time. It's not an all-time world record. And a lot of people do it, and it's not even a fucking world record. It's all time. It's all all time. If yeah. you broke a world fucking record, I mean, what are you talking about? The all-time universe? I mean, I don't. They don't make no fucking sense. World record, all-time world record, world record. It's just the same thing. It's just basically cut short. Mm-hmm. So you broke a fucking world record. You broke the world record. There's no organizations. There's no. That's a fucking figment of our imagination. It's a number that you hit the fucking most in your weight class. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, let's okay. I'll go into the point real quick, just short. Obviously, there's different weight classes in the IPF and then every other thing else. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of that makes it a little bit tricky. But at the same time, it's. Um, so all the so most of those numbers fall into the uh, weight uh, the weight class uh, obviously weight classes that people recognize most of. I mean I, I don't know the exact weight classes of like IPF and USAPL, but I, I kind of have an idea. So they like you know you have the 205 weight class, so that technically falls into the 220s and everything else. So if you broke the world record in the 205 weight class and IPF, then you have to me the 220 world record. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it gets tricky. So I mean, at the same time, but it's still, it's, um, there's so many people I go to meets and they're like, I broke, or they'll put on their Instagram after they leave a meet and they're like, you broke the all time world record in the RPS. Who the fuck you did? You uh. broke an organization record. Um, and I fucking hate that. You're discrediting someone that squatted 300 pounds more than that put in the fucking work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so besides the trickiness of like the different style of weight classes there, then uh, for the most part I stick to that. Uh, then obviously people saying depth will be there and be day. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, today wasn't my day, or I'll get that lift next time. Well, you don't fucking know. There ain't nothing set in stone. You may fucking die whenever you leave out of the, the venue. Yeah, a lot of that. And I, I Joe Sullivan said something very similar uh, with like the. Wasn't a meet I expected, but a lot you you only see that on Instagram, and the only reason why they're posting that is so that they can get their comments up with like their friends saying, "Oh, don't worry, dude, you get it next time." It's like you'll come back a bigger yeah. animal or whatever, and it's like you you said that just to get that little like social p- 
pat on the back from other people. Like that's the only reason Absolutely. why he did it. But uh, yeah. I, I, the, the all-time world record one is an interesting one because this does happen, and I also because I was I was kind of thrown for a loop for it. Uh, because I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with breaking Federation world records, but when people don't specify when they broke that Federation's world record, yeah. when they're like, I'm a, world, I'm a world record holder, I'm like, no, 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 please specify when you say that, because I broke an AAPF national record, my very first meet, and guess what? That is not that good of a deadlift. Yeah. What, I, what, I, what um, I broke, the record I broke, was not a very good deadlift. It was 611 pounds. That is you know, it, child's play. It's your ladder. You're climbing a ladder. Yeah. And it's good to focus on your state, uh, national, I mean, anything. I mean, the next state over, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to climb the ladder to success. You can't always stay at the bottom. But then I think, but at the same time, you need to, I think a lot of people just ignore it. I, it's not the fact that they necessarily say it, but it's what you said. They don't acknowledge it. And, or, and I think, and sometimes I think they even do acknowledge it. And they still do this shit. And that's what pisses me off is they even know that they didn't have the biggest number in the 242 weight class or, or whatever. So yeah. I think a lot of people still put it, even though they know they didn't, they don't have the real world record. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, what, that's what pisses me off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just always, if, if you don't specify what federation it was, then I get pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like, absolutely. oh, I broke an AAPF national record. Cool. I broke an AWPC world record. Cool. I, at a point now, I think we're at a lot of – that's where you kind of tell, like, the uh, the certain level of powerlifter, where they kind of don't talk yeah. about the world records anymore. Yeah, so I remember absolutely. My very yeah. first meet, I had about – I had an erection probably for three months after breaking that AAPF national record, and that was because I was so ignorant to the world around me. Because I thought APF yeah. was like, I'm like, what other federation is there? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, of course, I, I've been there. I'm like the best – powerlifter in the world right that's that's how it works and the best power powerlifter in the country and then yeah. when i got more involved in the sport it's like oh shit i'm not even close yeah so all right thank you for coming on two white lights frank daddy this was a fucking awesome interview hopefully have you on again sometime hopefully have you on in person sometime too because absolutely interviews are always better like in person to come up for sure man yeah we'll we'll love you at search new levels uh the gym i train at they'll be it would be sweet to have you in there, and we got the studio here in Lyle, Illinois, that I'm uh, kind of renting. So it would be awesome to have you in person. Interviews are always better in person, people. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I'll bring some marijuana, and we'll really make it interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't too bad after. Uh, this wasn't too bad driving for two hours in the middle of no fuck, no fuck, uh, Illinois. Yeah, where 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 are you right now? Uh, I just made it to Harrisburg, so I'm about to go get laid. Okay. And it's going to be amazing. Okay. Uh, shout out to my girl, Katie. All right. So, I'm going to eat her ass. Okay, cool. Well, well, well obviously. Up. You got to, you are what you preach, but, yeah. And uh, when you're done, call me in like seven minutes. Is that is that too long? Yeah. Seven minutes? That will well, be probably um, done quicker, right? I could, uh, if I put it on speed dial, it's going to be like six and a half. Okay. So, yeah. All right. I'll let you know exactly how it is, and we can edit that in. Oh yeah, for sure. We're, it's always yeah, always gonna be plugged. Yeah, and then yeah. Man, it's been a, it's been a pleasure being on here. I was excited. This can be fun. Oh, awesome, man! And it's uh, it was again really great having you on. A lot of our listeners wanted to have you on too. So um, it was it was great talking to you. Absolutely. Shout out to Pioneer Psycho Smelling Salt and Jigsaw Massage. So, yeah, thank big you guys sh- for the support over the years. 
And I threw those in there for Fuck, Mary Kill for promo opportunities, too. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying this interview game out. All right, so uh, <laughs> try to be your journalist. Next up, we got a little bit more in-depth breakdown of the tribute with Matt Wallace. We'll talk to you guys in a bit. All right, and we are back. Thank you again, Brandon Franklin, for coming on the show, giving us a terrific interview. All right, at the beginning of the show, I said this was going to be like a two-part kind of episode. Um what I realize is the file size is too big to upload onto iTunes and Spotify because we talked for over two hours with Brandon Franklin and Matt Wallace. So what I'm going to do is split this episode, and you can listen to the recap of the tribute with Matt Wallace. We had a really, really good hour discussion about all the highlights that took place, all the major headlines, the base that happened after the fallout of the tribute. So... After you're done listening to this episode, go on to our bonus episode of the Tribute Recap with Matt Wallace. Talk to you guys in a bit. Have a great day.